0: Welding instructor Alex DeClair knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with
2: welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at
0: slash Metaverse Impact.
3: So, what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe, and this week, Devendra, my usual co-host, is still out on time off, taking a much-needed rest. So joining me as guest co-host is all the way from... Across the pond, UK bureau chief Matt Smith. Hey, Matt.
3: Hi, Shellyn. How are you doing?
1: Kind of been a struggling uh, struggle bus this week, but but uh, you know. I, I know, we, and we'll we keep through.
3: having the same. I mean, we both did the Samsung uh, live stream yesterday, so we've literally <laughs> had this small talk chat way too uh, recently.
1: We we've talked but too yeah. much to each other. We're both other. recovering, right? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, today, we're obviously <laughs> yeah. uh, like we mentioned, going to talk all about Samsung's unpacked event uh, that was just yesterday, as of this recording, um, and. All the foldables that were launched the Galaxy Z Flip, the Galaxy Z Fold 3, and more. We've got a special guest, Mr. Mobile, coming to join us for that discussion. I will let you say hi in a little bit. But there's also some other news we want to dive into, like what is going on with Apple's CSAM. So stick around for that as well. Um, If you're enjoying the show, please make sure you subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes and... If you wanna talk with us directly, we actually live stream the recording every Thursday morning at about 10 a.m. Eastern. So head on over to the Engadget YouTube channel where you can ask us your questions live, leave us your feedback on air as well. So the big event this week was Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked that happened on Wednesday, August 11th. Uh, The company launched a slew of new products, two phones, two watches, I mean, I guess that's technically a Two S-pens, so six gadgets altogether. Um, and of course, this is like the first time the company has done two new foldables in one event, if I don't remember it wrong. So joining us to talk all about that is... I guess I, I like to call him a foldable aficionado. I don't think I've seen anyone who's a bigger fan of foldables. Mr. Mobile himself, a.k.a. Michael Fisher, or the other way around, Michael Fisher, a.k.a. Mr. Mobile. But hello. Thanks for joining us. Fisher. Whichever
2: way you like it, Trulet. No, thank you for having me. And you are correct. I I also don't know anyone who is a bigger fan of foldables than I but it is always nice to hear that um, acknowledged. Yeah. I mean, have you
3: tried? Have you thought about pivoting to foldables? Fish? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny is I think I bought that domain after a recent other <laughs> podcast appearance where someone suggested it. So I, I think I own that. Yeah, great minds, Matt's... great minds.
1: Amazing, <laughs> Mister Mister Foldable Mobile. Maybe, maybe.
2: Ooh, a, Ooh. we're getting there. Yeah, let's brainstorm a little later we today. We will, we will. But I'll give you a finder's fee.
1: <laughs> so, like I said at his event uh, earlier this week. Samsung unveiled the Z Fold 3, the Z Flip 3. These are technically the third generation of foldables the company has made, as well as the Galaxy Watch 4 and Watch 4 Classic. And the I think the big outstanding feature of the Z Fold 3 is S Pen support. But do you do you agree with that? Is like is that the biggest update uh, for uh sure? I think
2: well it's the most easily classifiable it's the most noticeable mm-hmm. right i i think the, a lot of the big changes are under the hood as they often are with smartphones yeah. i think the fold is the has the the fewer number of obvious upgrades so just looking at it the s pen is is the biggest one um but you have to buy it separately oh, yeah. you know we have to keep in mind that it's not like it's not like the note yeah. where it was just built in it was a part of the phone that came out and then you could use it it's like no you have to pay extra and then you have to get a case to carry it in so that's in my view a little bit of a bummer but i think um given how many people i've talked to that used the galaxy note and said they forgot the s pen existed <laughs> maybe maybe it was a smart call on on samsung's part to make it optional
1: do you do you draw on a foldable or did you wish i know cuz you've owned a z fold 2 for a while now have you ever wished yeah. you had an s pen to use on that that screen i
2: have um part of that is due to the, the nature of my and our occupation yeah. right like doing production on the road is much easier with a little with an S pen because it's like a little mouse. Mm. Um, But also we have to sign a lot of forms, a lot of (laughs) release forms, loan agreements, stuff like that. And while Adobe fill and sign is good for that, it's also just sometimes faster to to be able to jot. But art, no, Uh, Mm. it's mostly for work. And I did use it a lot back when I used to, I used to, um, my lease would come up for renewal every September, which is about when the new note would come out. And I would (laughs) like renew my lease on, on the note. Power move. <laughs>
3: yeah. <a> power
1: move. <laughs> no, I think you timed that perfectly with your landlord probably. You're like oh, September's when I get access to an S pen. I'm gonna sign documents then. Yeah. Oh my god I, I don't know. Do if I'm a bridge.
3: nefarious landlord and I see a guy with a brand new note every time he's signing his lease, I'm putting up
2: the rent. Putting up yeah. the rent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this
1: is this is why you haven't been able to negotiate your rent down probably.
2: <laughs> see, thank you for I knew there was a reason I came here. Thank you for the advice. I'm
1: pointing it out to you. Paper. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> What do you think about the new S Pen support on the Z Fold 3? And then I'm going to run a, uh, down all the other updates to Z Fold 3.
3: Yeah, I agree with Michael. I think it's very much like the most important thing they can kind of point to. Because mm. it's um, it's a bit of a, you know, it's not a revolution. It's an evolution. It's that kind of rote line at this point. Um, and you have the kind of handy narrative of them not having a Galaxy Note this year. So you can kind of just point them to them cu- the kind, even just gossiping about whether we're ever going to see a note again, or whether the folds are replacing the note, all of this stuff is kind of free. You know, mm-hmm. Samsung taking up free mental space in your head, yeah. uh, making you think about Galaxy phones, right? Living um, with but me. yeah, like um, I don't see anything hugely remarkable over the Fold Two. Uh, it's nice that it's more durable. It still doesn't look too, doesn't quite look durable enough for me. Mm. You know, irrespective of what they're saying. Um, and yeah, I'm a bit more of a fan of the flip. But we can move on to that later.
1: I feel I feel like that's the biggest concern that people have been uh, coming at me with. So whenever I show um, my hands on article to someone on the Internet, they're just like, I still can't drop money on something that might be so much more damage prone than a regular phone. And to the end, I think Samsung did an important thing this year. I, I personally feel like it's important, which is add water resistance. So the two new foldables are IPX8 rated for water resistance. X is uh, zero for dust resistance, by the way. So still, you know, dust ingress, not completely uh, resistant just yet. Fisher, you have had more experience with older foldable phones than I have. And this is something you probably are able to provide more insight on. Is Does the Fold 3 so far feel stronger than older versions?
2: You know, in terms of feel, um, it is so similar to the Fold 2 that it's, it, it, you know, I think only long-term testing will reveal how, how durable it actually is. But... Um, I, You know, I made it a policy of of buying every every foldable I could and using them for as long as possible, particularly the ones that are sold in North America. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I used the original fold for something like six months before the two, two came out. I used the two for 10 months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the two, the two surprised me. I, I have not babied that device. I throw it in my bag alongside of a lot of other stuff. I just mash my thumb on it to close it one hand and I'm doing something else. I kind of toss it around. And the Fold 2 has been a, has been a real trooper okay. uh, in terms of that. The only failure, actually, uh, the only way I could get it to break was to use it for that long uh. because my, my display did fracture from what I understand is probably a fatigue Re- almost like a repetitive stress injury oh, wow. from, oh, from from too many folds and unfolds. From the crease. From crease fatigue. Yeah, exactly. So I was able to use Samsung's Z Premier service and get it replaced within a week. Fortunately, they did that for free and I don't think they knew who I was. So that was, it was a good experience, but still. Do you know continuing. who I am? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Getting red-faced shouting on the phone. No, they were lovely. Um, And so I was, I was most concerned about that, frankly, when it came to the Z Fold 2, uh, 3 mm-hmm. rather. And... I'm still, despite Samsung's claims about this being 80% stronger, mm. I think a lot of that is riding on the top layer, this new screen yep. protector that's been applied. Yep. Um, the UTG, the ultra-thin glass layer itself is, by all indications and what Samsung engineers told me, is the same material. So I genuinely hope that this new PET top layer um, yeah. helps prevent... That that kind of failure mode that I saw.
1: I I think that one of the issues too with the older Z Fold two, at least from what I hear from Sam Rutherford, uh, our common friend as well, and who himself has also bought a Z Fold two and has been living with it for a long time, is that the old screen protector also would bubble up a lot, right? There would be, yes, and and that's because it was using the old TPU, whereas the new Z Fold three uses a stretchable, flexible PET. And so maybe because it can stretch and flex with the screen, the bubbles are less likely to appear over time, you think?
3: Don't these don't these all seem like things they should have done on the two though? I think that's my main issue with these expensive phones is there's so many things still left for them to fix. And you can't expect people to spend so much oh, yeah. money on these phones. And it's, and and it's know, a lot of
2: learning on the job, yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much learning on the job. And like I, I'm always the
3: person that kind of moans about foldables, but I get that someone has to do it and Samsung is the company to do it. I just think we're still a few generations away from it being like a more definitive, reliable, foldable phone. Uh, I,
2: yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's, that's probably fair. I, uh, but it, w- another thing I like about watching Samsung do this is that look at how far we've come from the first fold. Mm. I mean, can you imagine, besides the Note 7... Can you imagine a worse product launch than the first? Oh (laughs) oh, boy! You know, just it just imploded. Yes. Um, No, no, that was the note seven. That was the one. (laughs) Oh yeah, pardon me. Yes, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) Oh, I like you know. And once it was re-released, it was actually a pretty good product. But by then, its name was so sullied. But look at the evolving, you know, nature of the quality of the fold and the flip since then. It's only been, you know, less than three years. And they're much better products. Products they're much more useful products, and as we'll get to, I'm sure, uh, they're they're much cheaper products too. So the pace is really quite fast, and that makes me excited. Um, but but I agree with you, Matt. I mean, it's it you know they're they're not devices you can innately trust as well as you can the tried and true. Oh my God, kill me! I'm falling asleep. <laughs> stolid slab <laughs> smartphone, which I just yeah I I need to see another one of those again. What and one th-
1: you? you- I, I was just going to say that you bring up a good point, Fisher, that uh, the prices have dropped. So for, for the people who are unaware, you know, the Z Fold 2 used used to cost around $2,000 launched at that price. Subsequently, the price did drop. Uh, now the Z Fold 3 is launching at about $1,800. I mean, Samsung will tell it's 1799 but... It's eighteen hundred dollars, um, and the Z Flip three uh, in particular, I think, had a more significant price drop. The original Z Flips uh, launched at about twelve hundred dollars, and then now uh, it's going to be nine ninety nine point nine nine, which is a thousand.
2: It was even actually it was even higher. It was, it was, was at thir- $1,380. and then it was 1499.
3: Yeah, it Nudged it down, didn't it, briefly after the launch? Yeah. So, I, so I was going to interrupt with the same point you just made about the price. That's the yeah. other major thing, isn't it? Like, and it's a, it's a kind of. Bigger indicator that there's not a huge leap specification wise, let's say, between right. the fold two and the fold three. It's 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 performing a similar job. I mean, there are notable upgrades, but it's a cheaper phone. So I feel that's even more compelling than anything they could have offered us, really.
1: I mean, I um, agree on I a think- new fold phone. I think The one they thing they took out
2: that $200 travel charger that was in the box,
1: <laughs> there's yeah. where they well, saved the no money. One's
2: going, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no
3: one's going anywhere, that's why.
1: Yeah, that's that's another thing I want to uh, bring up, which is what's in the box because a lot of people have thoughts about that. But the one thing is like having the price drop to you know sub thousand dollar levels for the of flip and two hundred dollars ish for the um Z Fold 3. It's, it's a sign that Samsung also wants to push this towards the mainstream, right? Like, I mean, talking about... So I talked to my therapist about the new phones yesterday, just so you know. <laughs> my classic example of a regular person out in the wild, just my therapist and my mom. So and,
3: relatable, relatable content <laughs> share. Yes.
1: And uh, I was like, oh, he was like, what are you most excited about? And I was like, oh, the flip, clearly. Because like, it's, it's the same price as, a, as an iPhone. Like when, when I talked to him about it, he was like, Oh, so it's the same price as him? The- yeah, this is it's in the realm of your S21 Ultra, it's in the realm of your your iPhone 12 Pro, even. So, with that, I mean, you're not exactly getting a, a, a comparable phone in terms of the specs, I don't think, but it's, it folds, it's tiny, it's cute. I mean, look at how many Razor pink Razer V3s sold in the early 2000s. I'm sure this will sell like I mean, I'm not sure. But, like, if there's anything about cute phones, they will sell, like, hot cakes to a certain demographic, at least. What do you think, Fisher? Is that is that probably a good read or no?
2: I have to be very cautious when I talk about the Flip 3 because I just moved into it yesterday. as I think most of us yes, did. Yeah. We, we moved into these review devices. So I'm very hardcore honeymoon phase. Yeah. But the mm. Flip the flip possesses a magic I that know. i have been trying to quantify for for the better part of a year actually for more than a year uh, and this new one because it solves the biggest problem with that last one that that un- unusably tiny outer display yes. um, it's it's so hard to just to not just give it a pass on literally everything yes. um you know, uh, uh, it, it's it is stylish. It is classy. I can even forgive its god awful cream color. I know um,
3: it's a nice it, color.
1: What no, it's about? not. I hate. I hate that I got this one. I want the That's, green we call, or the purple. In one. dental oh.
3: terms, we call that British teeth. Oh God!
1: Oh my God! Now I hate it even more, Matt. <laughs> I was actually going to say, Matt. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the color a lot on
2: on you. It's a great color for your shirt right now because it is it yeah, is yeah, this yeah. color. It is, but nice you sky, wear it better yeah. than, what the? than any phone does.
1: I'm. I had a reaction because on our video live stream right now, our uh, live stream crew is scrolling through my Instagram, uh, it's just throwing me under the bus or, or blowing up my spot. But anyhow, yes, I've been posing with the new flip through because I'm so enamored with it. I, I, it's, it's to me, you're right. You're right. I, I definitely give it a pass on a lot of things because it's it's cute. It's stylish. It's, it's everything I've dreamed of since hearing about foldable screens, which is a regular size phone that can fold down in half. Whereas the mm. Fold 3 is more like a phone and a tablet that doubles, you know, that's one in one device. And, you know, you can open up a phone that is a bigger but screen. But can we, like, can we just
2: hang a lampshade on that real quick? Because this is important yes. to me. I have I was, I, I sent a few tweets yesterday yeah, in case nobody, you didn't notice. I did. Um, it bothers me that the, so many people react to these foldables in in this way, right? Because, look, the Fold is doubtless uh, more utilitarian. You can get a lot more done with it. It is, it is more useful. Mm. It is whatever. Mm. But everyone wants, seems to want to judge phones based on some kind of practical measure. Like they right. have to justify themselves, these phones, based on what they can do for you and all these just regimented metrics of like, well, it's a phone. It should be a tool and it's whatever. <laughs> and somehow, it, at somewhere along the way, it became... Um, Undesirable for them to be fun, right? Or that that became less of a reason to want to buy them because, well, I I like the way it looks and it's fun and it kind of reminds me of phones I used to have and it, and why is that not enough? Why can't we just have permission to buy things that make us happy uh, in a good way? I I'm not saying we shouldn't keep evaluating them. I'm not saying if it if it really s's the bed, I'm I'm gonna like give it a pass. Like I'll say its battery life sucks, which it probably does. Yes, but like you know, you should be allowed to like things. It's okay to like a phone. I
1: I think that
3: speaks to a bigger fight over the corporate techno media conglomerate than it is about... I think you're absolutely allowed to like phones, Michael. I think it's just part of the curse of our jobs and these companies that you need to, like, ream off a list of numbers and, you know, a battery life and a resolution to the screen and whether the camera's got more megapixels. You know, we've done all these fights. You know, if you've been listening to the Engadget podcast for 13 years, I've been here 10 years, and it's always, you know, we return to the numbers because it's a very easy way to make a value judgment and people understand numbers.
1: I... I agree with both of you on the fact that, yes, we want, you know, it should be okay to want to buy something just because it's fun. But I will say that that's also a a sort of almost privileged view. But then uh, let me come back to to why I say that, too. (laughs) So privileged because not everyone has the money to throw at at a phone that's just because it's fun. Right. So so that's where I'm talking about with the privilege. But... Then like if you're considering a phone like the Fold or the Flip anyway, you're already a privileged person. Like I I think the people – That's who, the thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. The people who need to be very careful about how much money they spend and how much value they get out of that sort of a phone will not even be looking at these two devices, which is perfectly fine. Right. And for them there's the – Yeah, it's
2: like the people – Go ahead. It's like the people who respond to any, any tweet from any tech uh, blogger or personality who covers high-end products principally with right. – First world problems. I'm like, oh man, cutting take excellent. Yes, yeah. you, you have you've you've cut right to the heart of um 100 of my job. Sorry, that's what it is. I'm, yeah. Yes, that is all I talk about is first world problems. If you, you know, like I, I don't know what to tell the you. The
1: other thing I wanted to mention too was that I I can tell this is a, a very close to your heart issue for you, Fisher, because you have a whole show or a series called When Phones Were Fun, don't you? And I love it. It's I do. It's amazing. You you oh. dig up all these old. You. you know, nostalgic devices or just completely wild and wacky uh, devices that I don't even remember existed. And then you just take them for a spin and see how they work now, I guess.
2: You know, and I think that factors in. I'd be interested to hear you guys, what your your thoughts are on how these new flip, particularly the flip, mm-hmm. ties into that. Because I say it in every video where I cover them, like the act of flipping this open oh. and slamming it shut. yes. Um, fires some, some long dormant neurons somewhere up here. And I think probably 30% of my enjoyment comes from the fact that, yeah, I was raised doing that. I got my first phone 20 years ago and they were all flip phones for like six or seven years. I mean, that's nostalgia plays a huge part in this. I will never deny that.
1: But that's probably why, too, that the generation after you, yours and my generation and yours too, Matt, probably isn't as into it as we are because they didn't grow up with razor V3s. Um,
3: also, they might not be able to afford the pricing of these mobile phones. Yeah, um, right now, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Michael points to a great point, which is, yeah, I imagine both of these phones will be looked back with kind of fond eyes of being, you know, a point on the timeline of the advance of smartphones. Like, they are definitely a point, you know, that's the direction we're all going in. Like, phones will fold down again, or mm-hmm. screens will be expandable. This is like, you know, the current pit stop on... Mm-hmm the way to our phone future. And yeah, Samsung's the major company pushing us all, dragging us all forward, even if they don't always hit the mark. I, Yep, 100. percent I
1: mean, and I want to broaden this conversation out to other foldables in a little bit, and and you know. Re- no, no, let's only no. talk about Samsung. We will because we will recall the other phones that made a mark on our timeline. Um, is
3: this, oh wait a minute, is this where we put like really sad, tragic music in? In, the in a bit, in a bit, lost? yeah.
1: But yeah, I do okay. want to remind uh, or, or or catch our listener up on on what the Z Flip 3 is and what it, what's new about it. So the Z Flip 3 is basically a 6.7 inch ish uh, bar style phone that you fold down in half. And then on the outside, there is a new 1.9-inch cover display. Before, this was just about 1.1 inches diagonally, and now it's four times larger uh, and can show up to four lines of notifications at once. It is also touch-sensitive. You can swipe up and down, left and right on it to use... Up to six widgets, uh, things like Samsung Pay, things like a volume slider on this outside screen. You can also use it to frame up selfies. I know, so sexy. Um, But you can also use it to frame up selfies if you ever want to take a selfie with the phone screen closed, and maybe you just don't want people to see what you're doing behind you. Or use it as like a mirror for applying eyeliner on the go, I guess. so, the big screen, I think is the big improvement with the z flip three in addition to water resistance and the price drop. um but there's also new one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate on the on the inside screen of the of the z flip three five g as well as like you know, the typical stuff, like new chipsets on both of these things, right? Snapdragon 888. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure both Michael and I will have reviews for you soon for all the details on that stuff. But but right now, early impressions, the Z Flip 3 5G seems to be the one that most people are interested in, at least in my circle um michael you and i are both like big fans of this thing because yes it's a flippy boy we love the z the razor vibes
2: <laughs> <laughs> amen uh, but God,
1: but absolutely. is that is that right to kind of sum up those changes about the flip three that way like like basically a new screen water resistance and a price drop are are the big generational improvements here
2: yeah i, th- I think that's uh that's a great way to kind of bust it down Mm -hmm. there are little details that creep in here and there which some of them are so small i even forgot about them in the Mm hands-on just because there was so much to cover but you know they they've corrected a lot that i did complain about Mm -hmm. i mean this 120 hertz people love it but the screen is also brighter on the inside Mm -hmm. which carrying the flip for a year i was like i can't use this in the sun this sucks Mm -hmm. so that's better it's it's actually usable now also um what was the other thing? Oh, the um, they added a speaker, so we get right, our full stereo, stereo experience now when you're listening. Nice. Yeah, which is you know these just little tweaks that, again, were it a slab smartphone, I would barely even be able to stay awake long enough to talk about it. But because it's such a new category and all, they have all these fixes still to make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to see them applied. I. But at its core, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the stuff is the same, and particularly the cameras, which is a shame. I've ashamed, got a question for both of you be two, because
3: I, I don't have a flippy boy here with me. <laughs> I am the flippy boy in my house. Um, but my, you do. my question you do is, this is, true. yeah, I do flip, I do flip. Um, my question is, the kind of the flex modes, those kind of yes. features, are you using them? If so, which ones and it, which ones are you not even remotely going there?
1: Do you want me to go first? Yes. Um, Matt, I'll just say, you can go ahead and guess which of the flex mode uh, applications I use the most. Selfie camera. Exactly. I I love... One thing I was telling my therapist about that I (laughs) love... (laughs) Every time. <laughs> on the fold and the flip is that because they bend and they can hold their upper half of the screen up they basically have a built-in kickstand right and that's the so-called flex mode so on the fold it's kind of more like a mini laptop and on the flip it's just like uh, almost like a compact uh you know mirror that you're holding up open so for me i've taken this to the gym and i've been like all right i want to see my form but there's there's no mirror available in the gym so i'm just gonna like open the selfie camera prop it up on the like little what ledge what kind of
3: spartan gym are you going to that doesn't No, have a i made up an excuse anywhere to use inside it.
1: i made up an excuse to use <laughs> to use this that there's yeah, plenty of calling you out on your yes <laughs> But yeah, no. Using using selfie mode in in flex uh, selfies uh, on the camera app uh, in flex mode is one of my main uses, just because it's it's self propping; it props itself up. But you, Fisher, what is your your biggest use of flex mode?
2: I'm using it right now. It's propped up on my desk under the mic stand here, and I'm not using flex mode. Mm. Um, flex mode, I think. Look, it's as you just described it, and It's like yeah, you fold it up to between ninety and a hundred and a hundred degrees mm. or something like that. Uh, and in some apps you know the the phone will take advantage of that and split the UI for you yeah. there is one little change here you can now switch the um the camera from screen to screen that you can use the viewfinder right. on either side of the screen which is very useful yes. um yes selfies uh Sherlin enjoys a cameo anytime i have to demo this feature because we had one google duo call over a year ago <laughs> yes. and i still use that piece of stock Love footage it. on the original z flip but i don't use it for that i typically don't leverage flex mode in the software sense i just Prop the phone up because it's very tough to describe in in audio terms. But when you're just letting it sit there propped up on a table Mm -hmm. and scrolling through, say, a feed like a Twitter feed or your notifications or keeping an eye on where your Uber driver or DoorDash driver is. It is just easier, more ergonomic yes. to, to see. Even when it's just a clock or a timer in the kitchen, there are so many little things yes. that in and of themselves are not a reason to buy this or even use it in this way. Mm. But when you take 47 of them together over the week and then you switch back to a, a slab phone and you realize you can't yeah. do that, it's like, well, that, oh, I, well, you know, I missed that. Yes. That, that is useful. And even when I use the Razer 5G, which I adore. Mm. I miss the flex mode ability too. I miss the ability to just pose the phone in a posture that is more ergonomically mm. um, appropriate for the situation in which I'm using it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very useful in ways that you don't necessarily think of.
1: I. I hear you. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think there's a lot of little thoughts about like, I agree with you. Actually, I, I wish that maybe they'd, they're they still working on bringing Flex Mode to more apps. So not all apps support Flex Mode yes. just yet. But I kind of also wish they would just give you the option, I think, to disable Flex Mode for some specific apps, just because on Twitter, totally. I don't know what Flex Mode is going to look like whenever or if ever they implement it, but what if they only devote the top half of the screen to seeing your feed? Then that's gonna be completely useless. I don't wanna I don't want to have that as my flex mode, so we'll see. Uh, of course, there's a lot more details and impressions that we're gonna only be able to kind of tell the audience once you've spent more time reviewing this. One thing I already um, heard and agree with from one of my Twitter followers is that for the Z Fold at least, When you're, a lot of people hate that the outer screen is still so narrow. This is one of the most common complaints I've heard. So something, you know, we'll address when we're talking about it in a review. But I do want to go and zoom out on this larger issue of foldables in general, uh, and and talk about the blips on the timeline that Matt was was uh, telling us about. What? We barely ever talk about Huawei anymore on this podcast on Engadget, if only because we're just not very sure what the company is doing with its face recognition tech being used in, you know, China's uh, treatment of Uyghur people. But it is important to note this. Huawei was one of the biggest challengers to Samsung early on in this game with the Mate X foldable. Uh, and initially it did a version that folded outwards. So the external screen was the foldable one. And everyone was like, no, that's going to break even e- more easily. Um, but do you think that that moved the needle at all for anyone? Like Huawei's efforts in the foldable space, is, you know, did it give Samsung any real I think so yeah
3: like a competition anything that would light a fire under them I Mm -hmm. think also Huawei is one of the few tech companies like Samsung that has sheer economic might and willingness to throw millions of dollars at something to make it work or not work it doesn't it almost seems at times with Huawei that it's irrelevant whether they have a hit device Mm -hmm. they'll just keep full court pressing which is what Samsung did many a year ago
1: Fisher, what do you think about the Mate foldable? And and also, what were your standout foldable devices that weren't from Samsung?
2: Yeah, uh, the Mate, the initial Mate, blew my brains at, uh, <laughs> off. Like I, when I was using it at, in at Mobile World <laughs> Congress, we were so that first oh, one man. that with that wraparound external display that you talked okay. about. I don't know if we were in the same briefing, but we mm-hmm. were probably fifteen. Yes. media. Foaming at yes. the mouth to touch this thing, th- they had made it oh, clear yeah. it that like we were not pop. allowed to touch yes. it. Yeah. yeah, but they yeah. were, they were, they were, they were like, look, you go in there, you do not touch yep. it. You, you just look yep. at it, you photograph it, and then I think it was Matt Swider or somebody who was just like, can I just feel the display? And the minute a finger went on that thing, it was over. I mean, we. I, we stole it from the person, and then we all had, like, did a 20-minute hands-on <laughs> session with it personally uh, because we could not resist the touching it. But, uh, as you said, it would have broken. But it was nice to have that pressure mm. on Samsung, and it was nice to have that pressure on Samsung from Motorola right? and from, you know, Xiaomi. Yeah. Eh, I've used that one. It's not that great. Okay. Um, but, but from other manufacturers, uh, from Oppo with its rollable, from LG RIP, LG Mobile RIP with its rollable, it was... It's important that Samsung feels pressure to um to keep up the quality and to keep up the pace, I think. I think it's just a shame that Samsung seems to be like carrying this solo. Yeah. I mean, with Motorola we have heard nothing about our new Motorola Razor this year, which probably means we're not going to see it mm-hmm. this year. Um hopefully we'll see it next. But if it's just it I'm a little surprised that Samsung released these when it did. It doesn't seem like it it, it seems like it's seizing the opportunity to um Secure its spot as the pioneer, right? Um, But I I really wish that other manufacturers... We keep hearing that TCL will come in later in the year, particularly with an affordable one, because they've been showing us concepts for foldables for, what, years? Um, And and I think that'll be important to your earlier point, Sherlyn, about affordability. Um, It is really important that these come down to price points that, that more people can afford, because... Fun should also not be exclusive to people who have a thousand dollars to waste on a phone. Um, so I look forward to seeing that. But I really just I wish the pace of competition would increase.
1: Matt, I mean, you're in Europe where you have more access to, I think, different you know phones from different brands. Do you feel like is the sentiment towards those brands and the phones, whether they be foldables or not, just kind of more open and and, and welcome there?
3: I don't think it's consumers that have the power yeah. <laughs> to make that decision, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, you see a lot more of um the 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 kind of the Chinese upstarts that I wouldn't call them an upstart anymore, to be honest, but mm-hmm. um I'm thinking of RealMe, I'm thinking OnePlus, I'm thinking yeah. Z, ZTE, I didn't say Z there. Um, all these companies, I, I feel like they can get a more of a foothold here. Um and yeah, there does seem to be less drama at least than compared to the US when it comes to these devices. Funnily enough, I haven't seen many people with a foldable.
1: Oh yeah, no. Me neither. Not a single person out of the real world. Not even
3: tech not even tech journalists like apart from Michael uh, Basil Cromfley, uh Love him. of the Stars, he also yep. has one. I think he's he's using the Fold 2 as a daily driver at the moment. Yeah. Um but that's it. You I rarely see a tech journalist pull one out of their bag
1: anecdotally too it seems that there's just generally less interest in foldables from a more mainstream audience I can I, I feel like our videos have fewer it's the views price it's the price it's the it price. could be.
2: Oh, my my eyeballs just jumped out of my head you you and I do not live in the same place oh really <laughs> what you see you see lots of foldables no I don't, I don't see any of them no no no, no. but I cannot use mine in, per, oh, in yes. public I say this on a lot of podcasts I can't use it oh yeah people I, love like, them they'd love to see people them people stop me on the street and um, I say this a lot but I, I live in Brooklyn it's a very hip place it's a very judgy sure. place yeah. and so I would expect people to be making fun <laughs> of me for, for it or just kind of it's kind of snidely glaring but no everyone asks yeah. and everyone is excited they're all at least curious and it, it's all a positive curiosity because it always a- ends with oh well how much is that yeah. and then I tell them yes. and then they're like,
1: "Well, I mean,
2: you know, again, it's Brooklyn, so they have the That's money." That's so expensive. It, it, Here's your $15 latte. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Millennial problems.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But 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 the the interest is very high from and these are all normal. Yes. These are not tech nerds.
1: So. I, I think that's what it is is is, uh some of the lack of interest we've seen in uh this year's galaxy unpacked at least the summer one is that there's no note so a lot of the usual power user fans just haven't shown up um and then for them they may be less interested in finding out about the foldables specifically or samsung just gave away too much information up front we don't know but you are right fisher that like one of the Things I'm most excited about with these review units is just taking them out. Like I could I can't wait for someone to stop me in the street and be like, is that the new phone? Because I have not had that experience yet. I haven't used a foldable out in the while, barring that one day two years ago when we used the Z flips um in the city uh for hands-on. Yeah. But but yeah. Well,
2: there's a there's an exclusivity that the, the exclusivity is a component yes. to the appeal yes. at this point. It really yeah, is. Yeah, um yeah. Yeah. It exposes a bit of a character flaw in me. Like I, I remember uh, multiple occasions when I, the first time I saw someone carrying the new phone that I had just bought, yeah, because in my mind the value of that phone just dropped to like fifty percent. I was like, snob. "Damn, it. <laughs> yeah, you snob. I know, uh, yes, <laughs> yes."
3: so
2: <laughs> true. Right? I mean, <laughs> I that, that, that's a part of it. And I, I feel like that is something that started to come off of the foldables this year from Samsung. Be, not because the price is down, but because of what Samsung had to do to get that price mm-hmm. down. Uh, Nick, on the Android Central podcast yesterday, made a great point. Like, used to be you'd buy a fold and get a big box and yeah. the presentation is great. And don't forget your custom credit card and <laughs> your fancy desserts. Yeah. Uh, and now it's like they come in a cardboard box that you know, looks like uh, is nothing special, doesn't even have a charging brick in it. And you're like, you know, here you go. Yeah. Congratulations. You're a member of the Fold family.
1: Yeah. Uh, to be Welcome clear, to the
2: Fold. Come on, Michael. Oh. It was right there. <laughs> oh. uh, ever since I named my series Into the Fold, I'm not allowed to make yeah, any he's more not, bad Yeah, he's pounds.
1: done. It's That's amazing. it. Yeah. That wouldn't
3: even it's, stop
2: it's, me. That wouldn't even slow
3: me
1: down. Oh, God, man. It's a
2: legal thing here in the States. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but to your point, yes, uh, Fisher, the box does seem you know smaller than usual this year. There is no brick in the box, which I think f- after having paid eighteen hundred dollars you you know people would be right to be a little myth that they're getting shortchanged on something like a power brick uh I, I i personally prefer an environmentally friendly approach so i don't mind smaller boxes and fewer unnecessary components but again there are people who need them and expect them in the boxes they've you Know, used out their old ones too, and so need a replacement sometimes. I get that. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you too while we have you here as a foldable expert. I keep forgetting the name of that company that did the very first foldable. It was the startup, did it start with an oh, E or something?
2: Roy- Royal FlexPy, right? Yeah, Flexpie. Yeah, the FlexPy was the phone, Royal was the company. They're um, they're quite big, I think. They're 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 the folding phone was kind of a hobby for them or a showcase to display their display technology, Mm, mm. as I recall, but I think they provide display panels to some um, mobile manufacturers, but mostly on, in, on like a bigger, you know, those wraparound skyscraper. Right. Bilbo, I think they make Gorgeous. some of them. I mean, those are. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah.
1: I, I just, I because when you said Samsung was a pioneer, I just wondered if, you know, because I, I feel like Royal was the first to really have a workable prototype. It was showing people at a CES. And I wonder if it maybe beat Samsung to the punch. And should we be calling Royal the. It was the, the... first
3: one. It was the first one, I think, that people got to see yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, if I so it sparked record. the flame. The is... Huawei one was MWC, Yep, wasn't it, a few months after? And yeah, then no, Samsung yeah. happened a bit after that. I think that's why we were all so desperate to touch the Huawei one, because it was like the phone that was going to arrive first, I think. Right. Even though it didn't really...
1: Ish. Oh, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're bringing back a, a great memory because Huawei and Samsung were literally across the hallway from each other <laughs> on the show floor. And on one side you had Samsung with the Galaxy Fold, the first one in this like lucite block with 18 security guards around it. You could barely get a shot of it with a camera. Mm-hmm. And then across the hall at Huawei, they're like, "We will show you you, you can get close to it." It was like, "Oh, great."
1: Yeah. And yeah, yeah we were amazing. driven
2: so mad by yeah, desire that we grabbed it
1: oh well but okay so so let's go back to samsung for a moment um there's not there's not just s pens and foldables that the company unveiled last year uh last (laughs) earlier this week (laughs) i'm so broken um but also two new watches i think one of the biggest things i was excited about on these watches is uh this would have been our first look at the new wear os that samsung and google co-engineered um and then also there's some new hardware here in terms of the new three-in-one bioactive sensor that does optical heart rate scanning, electrical heart rate monitoring, as well as body a bioelectrical impedance analysis, basically a body composition measurement tool. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but I appreciate it. And the new Wear OS, I'm just going to speed through this because, uh, you know, Cliff Notes uh, version of this, we we do have sort of a time limit today. But um, the new Wear OS... Does not look very much different from Tizen, in my opinion. Fisher, is that correct based on your experience?
2: Uh, it is, and I it, for an interesting reason. Mm. You know, forever you were manufacturers had to build Wear OS, and Wear OS did not have the capability, or it was restricted mm-hmm. to um, to add a layer on top of it. So essentially, if if watches are phones, then every watch is running quote stock Android. Right. But now with Wear OS three, manufacturers can or three, yeah, manufacturers can put. A layer on top of it, so Samsung, yeah, the core is Android, but you use the thing, and it's like, oh, this is Tizen, isn't it? But it's not. It's just a big, heavy one UI layer. Um, and by heavy, I don't mean it's slow. It's just Im- impenetrable from an aesthetic perspective. It's like it's a Samsung product. Yeah, of course it is.
1: Does this does this collaboration? I mean, I think one of the big hopes for for Samsung and Google teaming up on Wear OS when they announced it, anyway, was that this would give them something to finally take on Apple's Watch OS. Do you feel like this might? do it or is still kind of too early to say
2: i am hopeful uh i am optimistic based on the fact that samsung's galaxy watches did well Mm. before um some of this is anecdotal by the way y'all or better probably at knowing the sales numbers on some of this stuff. <laughs> right. But, I mean, just my videos, whenever I'm doing a watch video, mm. like the Galaxy Watch ones, just take off. People yeah. Love and I see more of them out and about, no matter where I am, it seems like. I've almost never seen a Wear OS watch in public. I have seen so many Galaxy yes. Watches mm. in public. So yeah. the, the primary handicap to them was that they, were, um, they had no app ecosystem to speak of. Right. Uh, and they were, they were expensive. Now, they're still relatively expensive compared to the rest of Wear OS watches, but now they have a whole app ecosystem. So, yeah, I th- I'm I'm hopeful for them.
1: I mean, to that end, a lot, a lot more people saw our Galaxy Watch 4 hands-on than they did the flip and fold hands-ons. So this is this, really? yeah, interesting, yeah. On YouTube.
2: Wow. I think it's because
1: we as reviewers... Uh, in general, people as well, I think, have long recognized that Galaxy watches are the best watch for Android people, and that might be why the volume is so high.
3: <laughs> That's not saying. It's not much, a high bar. It yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a high bar at
1: all. But
3: it's uh, a
2: really solid six out of ten. <laughs> it's right. Well, it's, it's the easiest one to recommend yes. because they've been consistent, and yeah, Wear OS has just had so many challenges. So, but I and and also. Do you, are you all also fans of the rotating? Yeah, bezel? I love it. The I love bezel
1: it. It's just so easy to it. I love it. Really? Yeah. Not a fan I don't of the, think, the control. I don't man.
3: think
2: smartphones need
3: a circular display. I get why people want them, but I don't they need them.
1: Right, right.
2: Smartwatches, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. All
1: right.
2: Smartphone. I mean, there are circular smartphones now. Go ahead. Oh, They need more of them.
1: I I want to uh, just quickly wrap up the wearable segment, but you're right. I was surprised that more people are interested in the watch than they are the foldables. But that just might be a, a general commentary on the state of foldables so far is that, like, yes, they are improving and iterating, but not to the point where, you know, a large audience is excited about them yet. And then as for the and watches... I know, I know
3: this is... Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. sorry to butt in. And it's the same comment I make after you make every point. It might just be, again, the prices. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely. It's a lot cheaper to get a Samsung Wear OS, you know, to get the Watch 4 or the Watch 4 Classic. It's what, a quarter, a fifth Uh, of the price of a Galaxy Fold 3? Less? Ish.
1: Ish. Fluid, yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, there's a danger in using audience numbers yeah. too, right? Because yes. my audience numbers are completely different, right? right? right. And it's like, it just it just depends on.
1: Oh, totally. Uh,
2: these are certain, certainly much more accessible than the foldables, but yeah, still
1: prohibitively priced. Say, I do, uh,
2: yeah, I do wish Samsung would give us a more of ver- a bigger variety of of hardware. Aesthetics? Yes. I feel like the Galaxy Watch has kind of looked the same for four years, and I don't, yeah, like, that's why I keep buying Wear OS watches, because the platform has been terrible, but Fossil alone has, like, seven brands that make really good-looking watches, and watches need to look good. Yeah. Let's— be real I'm a watch
1: person, um, and I would love to talk a little bit more about the body composition measurement tool. But I think we're going to have to save that for a later conversation. This episode is going to be super long if we do. Um, but I would hope to be able to have you back on the show, Michael, uh, to talk more about Samsung foldables, fun phones, retro phones, all of that stuff. That would
2: be my pleasure. I really enjoyed this time. Flew by. So thank you for letting me talk my face off.
1: And other parts, I really, uh, yeah. It. yeah. Talk, talk here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where can the people <laughs> find you online if they want to find your work and talk to you?
2: For all, all the videos we've been talking about at YouTube, I'm at the Mr. Mobile, T H E M R M O B I L E, and I am also that on t- uh, Instagram and Twitter a little bit. I can also be found on Twitter at Captain Two Phones, Captain the Number Two Phones, and I really mean it. I'm very, very happy to have joined you guys today, Aww. and I, I thank you for. Uh, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a guest. It's been a lot of fun.
1: It's lovely to see you, as always. Thanks for joining us. So just because Samsung had an event this week didn't stop other companies from releasing all kinds of news. Uh, and and there's plenty to go over. But I wanted to start with uh, something that's been controversial and and hotly debated in media and social media lately, and it actually happened last week while we were recording last week's episode. And what I'm talking about, I don't know if you've heard about this yet, Matt, but it is Apple's new... CSAM detecting feature, it's causing a lot of confusion, I think. And so joining us to make sense of all of this is someone who's been following uh, all of the developments and really has been talking to Apple well, listening to Apple anyway, uh, is our senior editor, Carissa Bell. Hey, Carissa, thanks for joining us to explain all of this. Hello, hello. So can you tell us from the, I guess, uh, just kind of the basics, right? What is Apple doing here?
0: So they actually, they announced three separate things that are all kind of like child safety features. Um, One, I'll start with the most controversial, the one that's getting the most attention, and that's this new uh, system that's designed to detect uh, CSAM, which is child sexual abuse material. And this is something that a lot of companies do already, you know, Facebook, Google, um, many other platforms, they're already kind of looking for this material. Um, What's interesting here is that this is something that Apple has done in the past, but they have not done it for photos. So now with this new uh, feature, they're going to be able to basically check photos on people's phones if you have iCloud photos enabled and be able to, um, you know, if if they find that somebody has a large amount of this or a certain amount of this, then they can kind of refer it to the authorities and and potentially uh, escalate the situation.
1: And so people are concerned that this completely goes against Apple's whole thing they've been saying for years and years about how privacy, your privacy is so important to them, right? Like, isn't that the biggest complaint now?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think because Apple has made such an issue of their, they've made such a commitment to privacy in the past, you know, in 2016, they famously, you know, stood up to the FBI when they wanted them to. Uh, to Mm. unlock an iPhone, and they refused to do that. And they got a lot of praise, I think, um, and criticism at the time for that. And, you know, it also has to do with the way that they're approaching this. They're doing it in a way that they say is Mm. kind of privacy protecting, and they're doing it in the most sort of secure and private way possible. But what that means is that uh, some of this processing is happening on users' devices, and people feel like that's going against kind of other things that they've said. You know, do you remember Apple had that... Mm. Uh, that big billboard one year at CES that said, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Yeah. Um, so this feels like a yeah. like they're a violation of that to a lot of people.
1: I wonder if people have really uh, something to be worried about, right? Because I, again, am trying to understand what, what Apple is doing here. And it, I believe part of it is that they're using a hash system to make sure the stuff that they're scanning... A stays on your device, and B, they only really um, set, flag something when they feel like there's a match against something that's in a known database of uh, child sexual abuse images. Um, but it seems like, I guess my my question to you is, do do you feel like people have validation, like to be to be this concerned?
0: Well, I think you're right that it's tricky. I mean, on, on one hand, I think everyone agrees that this is a huge problem. You know, Apple can and should be doing more to, you know, to find people that are, you know, trafficking and, and this kind of stuff. It's, you know, it really does a lot of damage. Um, and is really a horrible thing. On the other hand, I think there, a lot of the concerns are probably valid, at least, um, you know, on another issue is that we just don't, Apple has, you know, explained this, but it is sort of a, a novel way of approaching this problem. So we kind of, just have to take their word for it, you know that how this works, that you know this algorithm that they've developed for um, for hashing won't won't uh, f- you know create false positives. That it won't um you know that it won't be possible to somehow abuse the system. You know, practically, there's also uh, something that a lot of people brought up is that you know once you create something like this, it's very difficult to. Mm. Uh, or it can, can become difficult to kind of not expand it to include other things. You know, we, like we mentioned with Apple and FBI, they've already faced pressure in the past from, uh, you know, from law enforcement to, to look for things or do things that, you know, that they don't want to do. If you build this kind of scanning system, it, you know, it seems, uh, seems likely that at least, you know, other uh, governments, law enforcement is going to at least, you know, try to, to get them to start looking for, for other types of content as well. Yeah,
3: I remember when the open letter came out a few days ago, and it seemed like a lot of the critics, had, the issue they took was it would be offering this kind of backdoor mm-hmm. to end-to-end uh, encryption, the idea that because all this stuff is done on device, which normally sounds like a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. When when we hear that, say, Siri is processing things on device, we're like, right. oh, cool, so it doesn't need a secure, con- a secure you know, uh, data connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because this is happening on the device, that means, according to these critics, that... Um, yeah, it kind of circumvents that kind of protections you've had from messages sent uh, to and from people. Um, it's odd, though, isn't it? Because a lot of the some critics say it's a good thing; others say it's not. Then you have Facebook elbowing in because <laughs> oh, Facebook loves to get a shot in on Apple when it can, right? So it's time for Facebook to shine. Um, what do you think of? Uh, was it uh, the WhatsApp head who's been talking about this, Carissa? Did you? Did you what do you think of his? Yeah,
0: comments? I mean, like you said. The- Facebook and Apple have been going back and forth for a long time. Um, Facebook has pretty much always been on the receiving end of that from Apple. So I think to me, it <laughs> wasn't surprising that they saw this as like a big opportunity to kind of, um, you know, kind of hit Apple on privacy. Uh, yeah. He said that it was, that Apple was building a surveillance state and, you know, he mentioned China and all these other issues um, and basically said, you know, this isn't how technology should work in, in free countries. Um which, you know, I think uh, gets at something, a reaction that a lot of people have had. Um, but on the other hand, I think Apple at least would probably say that they're, he's probably missing a lot of the, the nuance of how this is actually built.
1: I wish we had more time to dwell on this, but I, I think we'll just kind of close this section for now on uh, a couple of thoughts. One is that this... Uh, these new features are rolling out in the new iOS 15, which is still in a public beta and not yet an actual. So, so these features aren't actually active right now, right, Carissa?
0: Yes, that's right. And I think it's probably also worth mentioning that this applies to people who have iCloud Photos enabled. So, if you disable that feature, then uh, this doesn't work. This doesn't happen
3: uh, at this point as well. Apple's are still going th- going on with it, aren't they? At this point, oh yes, time.
0: absolutely.
1: So uh, I know Carissa, you're working on an explainer on this. I'm not sure if it's already on the site, but our listener and viewer, if you want to get kind of all of the details about what's going on and what has been going on, uh, make sure you stay tuned or keep an eye on Engadget.com for the uh, explainer Carissa is writing up. So thanks for joining us to quickly make sense of this today, Carissa. We're gonna let you go, uh, and and you know hopefully bring you back on to talk more in depth about this in future. Thank you. So like I said, there were a lot of other companies that announced new things and we're gonna blaze right past them for all the details though, you can always uh, look for them on engadget.com. So HP released a new Chromebook with a Snapdragon CPU. This isn't the first Chromebook with a Snapdragon processor but it is a nicer looking one than the earlier uh, version from Acer we've seen before. So if that's something that tickles your fancy, Go, go look it up. Uh, TCL made new Google TVs, which for some reason Twitter was all talking about this week. At least my Twitter. Um, I, I think because TCL used to be a hardcore Roku stan, and now they're making Google TVs. Seems like in the streaming stick or streaming TV game, uh, there is a little bit of competition amongst OEMs now. And then finally, something that... Uh, I think it's kind of the stuff of nightmares. Uh, Xiaomi has its own robot dog now. It announced it this week, and the marketing images are just terrifying. This dog looks like it wants to kill you. Um, Matt, have you seen this Xiaomi dog?
3: Yeah, it's quite intense. It looks like a video game enemy. I'll give it that much. (laughs) It's it's definitely more muscular and aggressive looking than say an iBo. But this, it from what Xiaomi were pitching it like it seems more like a boston dynamics rival than it is right. a sony ibo rival right um it's it's for robotics enthusiasts it's for developers it's for i think they say xiaomi fans mm. we're you know there are dozens of us uh to repeat yep. someone else's joke from earlier yes um so yeah this is a, a short-run robot they're going to make a thousand of them and yeah it looks quite in it just the word i'm thinking of is muscular it doesn't it just kind of look
1: it almost Swole. looks, yeah, I, I almost am thinking of the opposite word for you, uh, from you, which is I'm thinking skeletal is the word, but skeletal, like lean, muscular, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those people that are not like super buff, but they, you can tell they work out, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's that Guilty. kind of dog. It's, uh, <laughs> this, is a, it's, this dog has been like on its macros, you know what I mean? Like it's been drinking the protein shake yeah. <laughs> no, during the creative. It's min. been
3: using the Galaxy Watch 4's new body comp, comp tool. Yeah, exactly. Really, it's been bumping you know, iron. the benefits.
1: It's called the it's yes. called the cyber dog and is yeah a quad quadruped robot and like like uh, Matt said it's really for developers to sort of create applications for and again similar in style to the Boston Dynamics um dog called Spot so I'm sure we'll see more I guess we're gonna see a lot of robot dogs in our life in the future who knows what they're gonna be used for but uh I guess I guess we have Here's to uh, another find one. out. <laughs> Okay. So this week there has been a lot of news, but there's also more work to do. Matt, what are you working on?
3: So I, when we were planning this podcast, I was like, "Uh, I don't actually have much on the calendar. Like when it's behind, when it's behind the scenes, work on newsletter stuff or work on kind of stuff that doesn't result in a story on the site. It kind of makes my job sound quite boring, but we have had a few developments in literally the last 24 hours. So I do have a couple of mystery phones on their way to me. It's funny, we mentioned earlier in the call about how the UK kind of, it's a bit of a smorgasbord when it comes to smartphones. We get a lot more options than you do in the US. And so we're going to kind of have a deeper dive on some of the devices you can get here. So that should be cool. Um, Sherlyn, as she'll be about to tell you, is busy with other phones as well. So I'm going to hopefully help her out and do some more phones. Uh, apart from that, um, next Friday... I'm going to a DC themed restaurant in Mayfair, London. So Mayfair's like the fancy bit of London.
1: Yes. Right. Like the old fashioned DC- fancy
3: bit. DC Comics. So it's this uh themed, multi-layer, multi experiential restaurant with like augmented reality technology, and it sounds really cool. I'm hoping they'll feed me, but they might not, because I know it's really expensive. Uh anyway, I'm I gonna be taking a tour. Of- I'm taking a tour of that Friday. Uh, I just need to get news cover. Uh, So, if any Engadget senior editors are watching this, I'd love for you to cover my news so I can go eat a meal in Mayfair.
1: I'm already on news that day, so I can't help you out there. Sorry. But uh, (laughs) the other work I'm working on is uh, I'll just say come back next week because A, I'll have spent more time with the new Samsung devices to be able to kind of give you uh, even more thoughts. And hopefully, at least one of my reviews will be up next week. But Let's just say it is review season. And uh, next week, you're going to see a ton, a ton of reviews from us at Engadget. And I'm so thankful that Matt has been around to help ease some of this. Um, You know, you were helpful at the Samsung hands-on event that they had in London for you guys as well. Um, And some of these phone reviews that you're doing too. So we're a team. We're 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 a team, guys.
3: We don't even hate each other that much.
1: Not too much. And when we're not hating on each other or on work or at least trying to relax. And for entertainment, you know, to relax, Matt and I sometimes talk to each other, but sometimes (laughs) we do other stuff. I'm going to start with my pick for this week while Davindra is out because I know he's going to say this. Uh, I know he's going to recommend you guys watch this. I want to beat him to it. I am telling y'all to go watch Suicide Squad. Uh, This is the new film. I think, yeah, I think it's a Zack Snyder... I think Zack Snyder was involved in the production. I thought, like, God, the Vinci is going to kill me if I get this wrong. So I love not gonna, how like, you're throw...
3: already ruining this. It's called know, The Suicide Squad, by the way. Because Suicide Squad the Suicide.
1: Yeah, because there was another Suicide Squad movie in 2016. This is just like, um, not necessarily sequel. a sequel. It's kind of a sequel, but not really. You've got some same characters. Uh, the return of Joel Kinnaman and Margot Robbie, for example. But then all new characters as well. You've got Idris Elba. You've got John Cena. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his think last name. Cena. So. Cena, Cena. Yeah, it's directed then, by
3: James Gunn, who's the, Galax- the Guardians oh yes. of the Galaxy director.
1: Exactly. So, and then uh, a breakout fan favorite character called King Shark. Um, hmm. It's pretty awesome. I this is this is great. This is uh, I if you've liked you know old episodes or old versions of the Suicide Squad movie, uh, I think this one is is going to be enjoyable for you as well. I certainly love am Not the biggest DC uh, universe fan. Matt, have you seen this?
3: No, it's it's on my to do list. I'm seeing uh, how I can kind of stream it from home. I don't don't plan on going to the cinema, Uh, but yeah, I've heard lots of good stuff about it. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've also got the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, but that feels more like what the the it's a six
1: hour endeavor. It's crazy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not sure. I feel life's too short. Yeah, I mean,
1: maybe it's a good
3: battery. Maybe it's a good battery rundown test. (laughs) <laughs> One of oh, these phones yeah. when it arrives.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, for for you, I don't know where it's available to stream. uh At least the Suicide Squad, but uh for those of us in the US, is on HBO Max. This is where I watched it anyway, as well as the Snyder Cut. Matt, how about something that you can enjoy? Tell people what you're enjoying. What
3: can I enjoy? Nothing. No, uh, I <laughs> can't. Well, at the moment, um I'm not. You know, we've all been spending what a year and a half trapped at home, streaming everything. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of I've been running out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Um, mm. And other streaming services. So the one streaming service I always forget that I'm already paying for (laughs) is uh, Amazon Prime Video. Because I'm more into the Prime part of Amazon Prime, less the video part. But yeah, so I've got this kind of rich back catalogue of shows that I've only Mm -hmm. started uh, tapping into now. So I've been watching... I think it's called Invincible. Uh, it's a very yes, cool comic book. Yes, the comic. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it kind of takes an incredible twist right at the start. And yes. Yeah, yep. I've got a few more episodes left on that to watch. It's very entertaining. I cannot recommend it enough. Very, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be soft and cozy, but it's anything but, yeah, it's... Um, it's a really good, compelling show. And it's been around for a year or two now. Uh, so yeah, yes. please do watch that. And the voice talent is incredible on it. Um, I don't Steven want to spoil Yuen, yeah.
1: Amazing. Uh, no,
3: but everyone. There's even like a character oh, in, the yeah, first, yeah, yeah. in the first opening scene of the show. There's this no Mark security guard who's not in the show again, apart from this opening scene. And it's voiced by John Hamm. And it's like, what? <laughs> how much oh, money amazing. do they have? Um, but yeah, there's oh, Man yeah. in the High Castle. There's uh, The Boys. Um, yep. I'm trying to think. I've just Uplo- got so many shows. I've got Parasite that's on uh, Prime Video here. Um, oh, I moved over to know, Prime Video. Okay. At least in the UK. So, yeah, I can watch yeah. an Oscar-winning movie when I feel like it, which is never Thursday night. But, you know, a- lots of stuff to kind of chew through.
1: I'll, I'll give you a list of things on Prime TV. So, so add uh, Upload uh, is a comedy series about digital afterlife to your list as, as oh, well as Utopia. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both are really good. And then The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think, is, you know, a a breakout. Like, one of the big early wins for Amazon Prime TV. Um, But you're right. Often people overlook Prime TV as a streaming service, at least elsewhere in the world, if not in the U.S. Um, So that's definitely a good shout. Anything else, Matt?
3: Uh, I'm also getting back into my Apple Arcade. So this is a subscription gaming service across Apple devices, but mostly iOS um yeah, or you can play games. Uh they kind of went through this very interesting wave where they launched a bunch of like major premium uh like gaming games on the thing, including like a, a Final Fantasy style RPG, some races, uh some adventure games, and a, a kind of like a huge swathe of just like really typical mobile games like chess, Sudoku. <laughs>
2: um
3: and so yeah, I've really got back into Sudoku. There's this really uh, cool Sudoku. game called um I think it's called Good Sudoku. And it kind of offers up a bunch of tools so you can kind of Uh, solve the puzzle yourself. They should have called it Goodoku. No, they shouldn't.
1: No? No? Okay. Sure.
3: (laughs) Uh, And so I'm playing this (laughs) really freaky game called uh, Hitchhiker at the moment where it's a first-person view game. I'm playing on my phone, but it's really immersive and you know something's going to go wrong when you're a weird hitchhiker and it's already taking a few surreal turns. Like this friendly-looking guy... And he offers you a raisin and you eat the raisin, and then everything gets a bit blurry, but he hasn't drugged you, it's just kind of a kind of a false misstep, and there's lots of kind of lots of narrative kind of twists and turns. And I've only played it for about 30 minutes so far, but that's that's got me quite excited. So that's the thing. With Apple Arcade, you still kind of have to sniff around for the good stuff. Um, there's so mm-hmm. many games, some of them are so high quality. There's like a lot of indie titles that I think wouldn't have got made if they didn't have apple paying for them to go on apple arcade um it's probably time i do another guide to the best games on it so maybe that's something i should do in the coming weeks as well
1: that's it for the episode this week everyone thank you as always for listening our theme music is by game composer dale north our outro music is by our very own terence o'brien the podcast is produced by ben elman if you want you can find matt online at
3: at that matt smith on twitter say hello to me there
1: and if you have pictures of cute robot dogs you can send them my way on twitter as well i am at Sherlyn low email us your thoughts at podcast at gadget.com leave us a review please on itunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts including spotify
3: In dental terms, we call that British teeth.